Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Yellow Ribbon Podcast, sponsored by Brellis Recruitment. Now, we've just finished recording with Liam Bennett, and Harley, I don't, I don't even know how to describe this one, but oh boy, what an interview. Yeah, what, what a podcast, and I think the listeners are in for an absolute treat. I really enjoyed this one. I think this is probably my favourite of the three we've had guests on. Liam, he spoke so well. He's a really interesting guy, and I think that he was a fan's favourite when he was with us, and I this is going to go a long way to reinforcing that idea because it was fantastic. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a long one, ladies and gentlemen. We... Uh... We just kept asking him questions. Liam was gave up so much of his time. And I think two of the big things that I took away from this were his his importance of his family um, and almost the move to Walsall being being moving away from them was was fascinating. But also hearing him talk about Flynn as a person, away from like the the kind of the manager, the the day-to-day, him as as, as just a man and, and a family man, I thought was fascinating. Yeah, I really enjoyed him talking about himself and his kind of attitude towards improving as a player. The determination is there to see. But I don't think we should make the listeners wait anymore. I think, should we get into it, Rob? Yes, we are. We're going to give you one plea, though, before we do start. Please, if you enjoy this podcast, give it a like, give it a share and the more that we get the word out, the the more guests we can get on. And we've got we've got a couple of big ones in the pipeline. So help us out. But without any further ado, this is the Yellow Ribbons conversation with Liam Bennett. So they say never fall in love with a loanee. And it's exactly what we did very early on into your loan, Liam Bennett. So firstly, thank you for taking time out to uh, join us on the pod. Uh, we understand it's not yet your pre-season, but obviously you're still quite busy. So thank you for fitting us into your schedule. No, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to go right back to the start. I say that you're only 21, so it's not it's not years and years ago, but you how did you initially get into sort of playing football and the journey from it just being a bit of a hobby or, or something that you did as a kid to this could be a career path? Um, so I started obviously just playing football with Adam and my dad. Um, my dad loves football just as much as I did. And um, yeah, obviously I was playing with him in the garden and then there was a local sports centre up the road which didn't did like um, a skill school type thing so I went along to that and then that's where I came into contact with other players that were playing for AFC Sudbury under sevens at the time and uh, I ended up going and joining in a training session with them and loved it Um, and yeah ever since then I just fully in love with football and uh, so throughout that time obviously I was there from under sevens uh, up until under nines uh, and my dad actually 
became part of the coaching team and of that under sevens team and it was quite funny really because all my school friends played for Cornard and I went to Sudbury because I just wanted to play football. I, I didn't want to really mix with my, my friends too much because I just wanted to play football and enjoy it. And obviously I met new friends and um, yeah, I remember my last game as well being uh, a, a tournament. We, we had like a weekend away all together. It was like a proper little like family like you do when, you, when you're that age. And we all went away and... Uh, my last game was us winning winning the tournament, so that's a fond memory I have. Um, and then under 10s, that's where Colchester United picked me up. Um, and yeah, I was there up until 16. So how many of the, the crop from Sudbury have gone on to have professional careers? Obviously going from, from sort of seven years old through for a number of years, you must have played with a lot of different players is it a quite good academy that produces quite good talent um so throughout the whole Sudbury setup so in my under sevens team actually uh so I played in the same team as Eloise King who is now playing for Ipswich Town women's team and obviously a, a pro there um and then so when I joined Sudbury after being released from Colchester I played with Tyler French, who is now at uh, Dundee up in Scotland. Uh, he was at Wrexham before that and, and Bradford. And then my good mate, who is a year below me, he uh, was at Wickham Wanderers last year as a, as a goalkeeper for a choice there. So um, they've had a reasonably good success rate for, for the academy, but even though not all of us make it as pros, they've got a good set of, of players playing at all different levels of the pyramid. And that's something that they sort of thrive on as an academy to, to have as many players that, that go on and, and fill the football pyramid and, and keep playing and doing well. So you went from then had your kind of first pro year at St. Neots. How did that move come about? And at that point, did you sort of have an idea obviously with their link with Cambridge that Cambridge was an option that hopefully you could kind of do well and eventually get a deal with with Cambridge yeah so obviously well if, if you go back to to if I speak about my whole U days obviously I was at Cole U all the way up into 16 and then obviously once I got released I I was like, where do I go from here? Because it all I, I'd committed to, and like I, I went to school there, and um, I used to wake up at seven o'clock in the morning and not get home till seven o'clock at night. Um, and then obviously I went to Sudbury, and I said to myself after getting released, I was like, I want to be back in the game within two two years. So I was like, I'm gonna commit. Because I, I had options to go on trial elsewhere at other pro clubs, but I felt as though I was going to get my head down and make the most of every moment I, I had at Sudbury. And like I say, set that target of by the time I come out of Sudbury, my two years, um, be in a position to go back into the pro game. And I remember it was just after Christmas where I heard about the interest from Cambridge and went on on trial and um, yeah done really well obviously and 
and, and made my mark and then that's when they offered me a contract and it was it's a unique contract really because what it meant was I'd be training with Cambridge full-time um, but playing my games elsewhere with their feeder club which was St. Neots Town um, and yeah it was at the time I didn't really know what to to feel about it because uh, St. Neots were playing at the same level as Sudbury and I'd done that for two years and obviously St. Neots is a further afield from from my home so it's a lot more traveling and uh it's was something that i had to weigh up was was it worth committing to because like i said the, the traveling to to play at the same level but at the end of the day i, I, I said to my dad i said i'm going to be in cambridge's environment every single day and i'm going to back myself to do well and i know that i'm capable of being just as good as everyone else there and yeah, that's what I did. So uh, I remember first my first day, I was training with the under-18s. I'd done really well. And, and two days later, they they put me in with the with the first team and I stayed in training with the first team ever since. And um, I was lucky enough for it to be the the year that we got promoted as well from, from League Two. So it's a hell of an experience. But at the same time, like, it's it was a bit... Uh, frustrating for me because obviously I felt as though I could be where they was but obviously I, I had to have that year at St Neats to prove myself to then get my, my pro deal eventually um, So now you're at Cambridge you kind of you featured a handful of times in that kind of first season were you expecting to kind of feature for them or were you just kind of did you think oh, I'm just going to be there to learn this season and kind of train with the big boys and kind of get used to what it's like playing men's football yeah so obviously my first season there I wasn't actually able to play for Cambridge um, because I wasn't actually contracted to Cambridge so obviously once I got offered my after my first year of doing the St Neots thing and, and training with Cambridge, that's when obviously I got offered my pro and it was, I backed myself to be able to get into the team, but I also understood that I was a long way away from from getting to have that opportunity to play because obviously after a successful season of getting promoted and making the step up, so it meant obviously as a younger player, you naturally get further away because the the team's done really well and, and gone into that higher division. So after, with it being the COVID year, that first year as well, um, I just wanted to play as many po games possible um, within that, that first year of me getting off of my pro. And I, f I sort of expected to, to go out on loan somewhere. Um, and I thought it'd be pretty easy for me to get a loan but turned out it didn't quite work like that and um, yeah it's it was frustrating for me um, but it made me so much stronger and yeah um, 
do you, do you want me to fill you in on the on on the process of it? Um, yeah, yeah, that'd be perfect. Just talk us through like kind of how it kind of came about that kind of um, loan spell at Hamel Heads. Like, yeah, I don't know if you yeah, want to yeah. ask a question and then do it that way. Um, yeah, let's do it that way. So you ended up being sent out on loan till Hemel Hempstead. Can you just talk us through the kind of the process of how that all came about? You didn't feature too much for them. I believe it was, what, four games there? So wasn't the most successful loan spell period, but how did you kind of feel it went for you? Yeah, so obviously my, my aim was to, to go out on loan and, and play as many games as possible after the COVID year. And it, it took a while for me to actually get the loan. And like you say, I went to Hemel um, and it was sort of a... I was in a situation where no other teams wanted to take me because of my height and they were sort of writing me off and didn't want to give me a chance and thankfully uh, Lee Bertram at, at Hemel who had a good relationship with, with Pete Gill at, at Cambridge took a chance on me and, and brought me in and um, yeah I ended up playing I think what like you say four or five games there um, and I was I was loving it I was, I was doing really well playing really well and then Sadly, well, Lee Bertram got sacked and that's when it all changed. Obviously, new manager comes in and the the usual story of I don't feel as though you're good enough for my team. I don't think you're going to be big enough for my team happened. And I ended up getting sent back. And that's when I had to go through a stage of, of not playing again. And it was frustrating. So I had I had two months of of uh, just literally training with the with the Cambridge first team and I was making sure that I put everything in every day I was I was having long days of spending so much time in the gym because I was like at the end of the day I'm not playing matches so I've got to try find my find another way to, to keep improving and I remember I was staying out after training for about an hour sometimes and they were saying right we know you want to keep keep training and, and do a lot but you need to make sure you look after your body at the same time um and then thankfully uh dom knight and phoned me up just it was around uh december uh and said there's a chance for you to go to peterborough sports online and that was a, obviously a step down so that was at step three and i was like oh i don't know because uh, obviously I was going into six months left on my contract. I felt as though I wasn't really going anywhere. And obviously, I didn't want the step down to to have a negative effect on me. But at the end of the day, I knew that I wanted to play football. I knew that if I could play, that I could prove how good I was. I just needed an opportunity to do it. Um, and the the just drive of of loving football just was like yeah I'm gonna take a chance and and go there and and at the end of the day whatever happens happens um so I went there for the Christmas period and we obviously because it's Christmas period you, I ended up getting about six or seven games which was which was brilliant for me and I remember I had literally just signed on to stay there for the the rest of the season and uh, 
Jimmy Dean, who was the coach there at the time, was um, really um, adamant. He wanted me, me to stay there and felt as though I could be really, really positive and have a great effect on their promotion push. Um, and I played on the Tuesday and then I, I had a meeting on the Wednesday with the manager. He phoned me up and we had a conversation and I had a conversation with him the next day in training. He said, we're recalling you and you're going to be on the bench at St. James's Park on Saturday in, in our FA Cup. And he said, we've got Papa John's trophy coming up. You'll have opportunity to play in that. He said, it's up to you to make the most of it. And... I was so excited by the challenge and obviously me going away to Peterborough Sports meant I was in good good condition because I'd, I'd played, like I said, six or seven games and I, yeah, I just was like, right, I've got a hell of an experience on Saturday to experience what St James's Park could be like and the fact we won was even better and then I knew that I was going to get an opportunity and that's where I was like, I've got to make the most of it and Thankfully, we stayed. We we won that game, and then we won again, and we won again, and I think we even played Warsaw in that in that little period as well. And I played in in each of the each of the games, and we got to the quarterfinal and, and lost to uh, Rotherham on pens. And just them three or four games allowed me an opportunity to go and express myself and show that I was capable of playing at the level. Because I think. When you do get them chances, you have to make sure you don't just survive. You you go and really show what you really are capable of and why you should be in contention to play. Um, so after that, that's when I felt as though because I'd done so well, I thought maybe if we get safe towards the end of the season, I'll get more chances to play. And it worked out like that. I played played another five games once we were safe and. Um, yeah, ended up playing 10 games for Cambridge that season. And something I just want to circle back to is that you mentioned about your height. Now, you seem like someone who's really kind of determined to progress in football. Is that something uh, that held you back? Obviously, people have preconceptions of the players they want them to be. Everybody kind of, when they get a fullback, they want them to be tall and fast and, and big, big and muscly, but that doesn't always work out, you know everybody's different how did you kind of deal with the fact that obviously you were probably you're always going to be a smaller person and you just had to make the best of that and make yourself the best player you could be how did you kind of mentally deal with that and make yourself better than everyone else well that's something that in football you have to overcome like a lots of adversity I've had it you you you're always up and down and you always push back with, with setbacks like I had when I got released from culture stuff. But at the end of the day, I can't change my height. It's something that I can't affect. And I know that I know what my strengths are. I know what I can outperform people on. And I know that I've got more hunger and drive than any other player that I play against. If I'm playing against someone, I'm going to work harder than them. Even in training, I'm going to make sure that I give my everything to to give me the best possibility of of, of performing well. And yeah, like I say, it's something that frustrates me because you don't want to be judged on your height. But at the end of the day, football's a game of, of opinions and people will oversee your height and 
realise, hang on a minute, he can win a header. Hang on a minute, he's got a good jump on him. So instantly that becomes irrelevant. And um, it's important that people realise that if you play to your strengths and keep improving and have a good all-round game, you're capable of doing just as much as someone who's a little bit taller than you. Uh, this might be a bit of a stupid question, but just kind of stick with me. How how did it come about that you ended up being a right back slash right wing back? Because obviously, as someone who's never gone through any academy, I don't know how it kind of all happens that you get kind of put into a position. Obviously, or do you choose or the club? But usually, most people there's one kind of defining factor that makes a footballer. A certain position so if you're kind of big and strong and tall you're a center half if you're kind of quite silky and fast you might be a winger but how do you kind of how do you end up as a as a fullback um so my journey has sort of been so originally I was a center midfielder um and that was when I first joined Colchester United and I played there for probably two years and then I ended, actually ended up playing center half for for three years. Now, I was never going to be big enough to be a centre-half. Um, so that's something they obviously take into account. Like, I remember they do, like, predicted height tests on, on how tall you're actually going to be, so they can obviously work out where you might play in the future. Um, and, yeah, like, I played centre-half for about two or three years, and I think it was just because we didn't really have many defenders at the time. And I loved the tackle, and... Um, I always threw myself about and um, like I remember when I was at, at Sudbury and my mum used to moan at me because m my uh, my kit would be covered in mud with, with a bright yellow kit and then would come home and I'd be covered in mud because I'd literally be sliding about and I, but that's one thing I've never had. I've, I've always been fearless and, and aggressive in, in, in the way I play so I guess that was a big reason why I ended up playing centre-half because at the time we had we didn't have no defenders and I was aggressive and, and done really well there. And then as time goes on, you you then gradually realise that well, they, they knew I wasn't going to be a centre-half anyway. And I felt as though I was still good enough to be a centre midfielder. Um, but that's when... I ended up playing right back and I also ended up playing left back because we had two right footers and that's probably a big reason why I ended up becoming so well on both feet and, and capable of playing on both sides and that sort of position I ended up playing for the rest of my time through through culture stuff um, and in that time I was more of just a defensive fullback, to be honest. I didn't really have much going forward, but that's just how it was at, at that time. And then it was when I went to Sudbury where I sort of made my name as what I really can be and what I am capable of. And I've always been someone who's had loads of energy and been able to get up and down the pitch and and been comfortable on the ball and, and like to express myself. And that's where at Sudbury they allowed me to do that they they allowed me to to just go every time and and get forward and be a key player in their team at both the academy and the first team level and 
I've become a big part of that and it just gave me so much confidence and developed my game so much. So, yeah, I feel as though that's what made me me and made me a bit unique to everyone else. And, um, yeah, I guess because of the type of player I am with all my energy and how confident I am on the ball and the ability to go both ways... Being a being a fullback or a wingback is is a perfect fit, and like I say, because of my defensive game and understanding of because of them three years at, at, at playing centre half, I understand the game really well and and enjoy one beat one battles, especially when you're playing against rapid, quick players and strong players. I, I just love that challenge and it just suits me to a T. I think. Obviously, you said that you kind of you started out as this kind of centre mid, and you always enjoyed that. With this kind of um, this trend now of a lot of fullbacks going in into midfield, do you think there's ever going to be potential for you to move back into midfield? Obviously, the roles are kind of sort of similar with that kind of defensive and offensive kind of skill set required for both. Do you think we could ever see a Liam Bennett in midfield? Um, I don't see why not. I feel as though I'm capable of doing it. I mean, I like to receive on the half turn. I'm able to play on, on both feet. And um, like just watching the England game and even like when you watch Man City as well, you see the fullbacks coming in to receive it now. And I think that's something that I'm, I'm capable of and something that could be a real asset to me in, in, in the future. And yeah, I'm, at the end of the day, I want to learn and, and keep developing and if if I can work with someone on that, then then I definitely will, and and I think it can be a real real strength to my game. And I just want to move it back now. We're just going to throw it back to kind of go back through that chronological order. So you've had your kind of your, your season kind of Hemel Hempstead, you kind of few games there. Uh, I've got down here that you were put on the loan list. Um, so Cambridge. So I just wanted to kind of ask firstly, how did how does that process work of being put on the loan list? Kind of who tells you when do you find out? What kind of feeling are you feeling at that time when you've had a kind of a decent little spell and then they're saying, oh, we want you back out somewhere else again? Um, well, basically, you have a conversation with the manager and he pretty much says to you um, where he sees you in the future and where he sees you now and at the moment in time he felt as though I needed to go and play games and he felt as though the best thing for me was to go and play games um, so it's a situation where you have that chat and at, at the time to be honest all I wanted to do was play football and I knew that I wasn't in a position at Cambridge to to be playing so I was all for it to be honest um, I just wanted to go and play because I knew if I was playing I could go prove myself and yeah it's pretty much just the conversation you have with the manager and he'll tell you where he sees you in the future and, and where he sees you now and how you get to that place in the future. How did the warsaw of it all come about? Um... Were you kind of contacted in this or was it straight to the club and the club presented you with this kind of option? Kind of how did how did that all come about, the move to Warsaw? Um, so I turned up for training one day and it was, it was 
was like a week or two before the season ended. And I've turned up for training and the manager's called me and we've gone for it. We've just gone for a chat around the pitch and we're walking around and he goes, like, he was telling me how well I've done in, in the games I've played and um, how impressed he's been with, with what I've done. And that's when he put across to me, he said, there's an opportunity for you to go out and loan to a League Two club next year. And um, I was like, literally my face lit up straight away because after everything that had happened with me struggling to get a loan and I was like hang on a minute if you just said League 2 club like that's a massive opportunity for me and then he said it's Walsall and I was like to be honest I don't care where it is I just want to play I want to play I want to I want to go show what I can do and um, yeah that as soon as I, I got got home after that I typing in Walsall finding out all about also realised that obviously Michael Flynn had, had just got the job there and um, new owners and there was a lot of excitement around the club and it, literally I was I was just buzzing with it and knew that it's something that I just had to fully commit to and obviously it's a bit daunting because obviously I knew that I would have to move away and get used to a whole new surrounding and and that but just the excitement of it all was was the main drive and just wanting me to, to go and take it. You've kind of taken my next question because it was going to be if almost were there other clubs that you were in talks with, but it sounds as though it was pretty pretty much a case of Walsall were interested, you wanted League Two football and it was a quite a good good fit. Who who was the initial person that you met from Walsall? Were there talks or like Harley said, did it end up being a case of Cambridge spoke to Walsall and you kind of just had updates or did you end up meeting Flynn? Did you meet any of the coaching staff before actually signing for us? It was actually very laid back, to be honest, because obviously I was told about this two weeks before the season had ended and I pretty much said there and then I want to go. Um, and... I remember because I signed a new contract in in that summer too with Cambridge. Uh, when I went and signed that, I said to him, "What's happening? Is it is it all going ahead? And am I going?" And they were like, "Yeah, we think so." Like um, nobody really knew what was happening, but it was like I think because I'd already said yes, like everyone knew it was going to happen. Um, it was just a matter of sorting out obviously all the paperwork and that. Um, and I remember I was down at AFC Sudbury doing training because they still let me use their, their facilities and equipment and everything. They're, they're brilliant with me. And I was just down there and then suddenly my phone starts ringing and um, pick it up and it's Michael Flynn. And he said, you know, we had a nice conversation and um, he was telling me um, how excited he is to, to get me in and um obviously filling me in with all the details and everything and he said anything any questions you have then then just phone me up and and let me know and he said I'll see you on on day one of pre-season so I never really never never met the the manager before I walked in on the first day and, and said hello to him um but obviously I had to go up to Warsaw and and sit and sign all the paperwork so I met Dan Mole and um Tom Heslop and all the media team and and done all that and had a look around the stadium and 
funny enough, I'd already been there before because when I was at Sudbury, we had a a cup final, an, a national cup final, and we played there. And um, uh, so I obviously knew what the place, what the, what the stadium was like, and um, yeah. So it was it was all very laid back, to be honest, but it was all very um, organised at the same time, like it was fully in place, but um, there was no rush to do it because we knew it would get done because all parties wanted it to happen. With that conversation with with Flynn, what were kind of your, and, and early in pre-season, what were your first impressions of him? And did you did you know that you were going to go on to play most of the league games for the club or was it a case of him saying you're still gonna have to come in you're gonna have to prove yourself it's not not a given that you will be starting yeah so obviously when I spoke to him he said you've got a chance of being our first choice right back like you're coming here to to fight for that position um and the moment he said that I knew I could feel the opportunity I had in my hands and it was up to me to to give it everything to make sure that happens um and yeah just the impression he gave me like since the since day one I walked in the door obviously I knew about his pedigree as as a manager what he'd done before at Newport and that excited me um in making my decision but like yeah from the first day doing all the running and um, him pushing you and, and and motivating you and, and making it such an enjoyable... Uh, well, obviously, running's not enjoyable on the first day, but just making... Because, obviously, there's a lot of new new faces, but he made it feel we were all pulling as one and that's something that he reiterated all the time, that he wanted everyone all in the same boat and pushing one another to be better. Um, which was exactly what I stand for. I want to give every single day the best opportunity to to get better, and it seemed like a perfect fit for me. And um, with you saying, uh, did I expect to play most of the league games? To be honest, I didn't expect it to go as well as it did. In myself, I believed I could do it, but I knew that. It would take time because I knew people had to see me to be able to give me a chance. So it was about taking the opportunities when I come because obviously the first few games I I didn't play and then I managed to play in the cup game and then that's immediately takes you back to the same situation I was in at Cambridge where I'd been recalled and you're going to get the Papa John's game and it's up to you to make the most of it. And that's how I saw that first um, cup game against Swindon and... I felt as though I made a really good state, statement for myself and that's where obviously I stayed in the team ever since then and throughout that time they were nothing but supported, supportive of me and made me feel as though I was a key part of the team and uh, could be so influential for them and um, supported me even with the fact of me being away and, and made sure I had everything I needed to be as successful as I could. Um, questions about that kind of those earlier days. Firstly, like you said, you moved away from home. I'm guessing by that that you 
obviously lived in or around the, the Walsall area. Who were you with any of the players in the team? Did you kind of share with any, or how did that? How was moving away and kind of, you know, living away from home? Yeah, so I remember leaving in my car and um, I was like, hang on a minute, what am I doing? I'm, I'm driving away from from uh, everything I've known and going to somewhere I've never re- even been, never seen around the place. Obviously, the only time I've been there was for that cup final. Um, and I set off, uh, so... We, I think we were in for trading on the Tuesday, so I went up on the like Sunday, and yeah, I stayed in a player's house with with Jack Eren, and I've got nothing but good words to say about Jack. He's he's brilliant, and he was so good for me. Just obviously, he knew the club inside out, which helped. So obviously, the first day um, took all the nerves away because we we went in together and. Um, he showed me around the place and made sure I had a full understanding of what to expect. Um, and like I say, we, we got on like a house on fire. To be fair, like um, we we helped each other because obviously he went through a few injuries as well, and um, I felt as though we had some really good conversations. And yeah, I like I say I have nothing but good words to say about Jack, and I'm so glad it was him that I got to to share with and and um move in with and yeah it was just all getting used to being away from home not seeing your mum and dad realizing that you got to cook for yourself and all these little things that all add up and I saw it though as a a brilliant learning curve for me and something that I could make the most of to make me not like obviously the the football was going to make me a better player, but the experience of it all was going to make me a better person, and I feel like I've grown so much from that and uh, matured even more than I than, than I am. And um, them experiences just hold you so well in life. And um, if I was to have to move away again tomorrow, that it would make it so much easier for me. Um, just before I move on to kind of you growing into the team, I just wanted to touch on that. What's it like living with other footballers? In my head, I can imagine it just being absolute carnage. Is it is it parties every night, or are you a bit more settled? You know, a bit more kind of in bed early. Yeah, with your kind of yeah, your cups of tea and getting ready for the next day. Kind of what what is that like? Um, I mean, I can understand why you might think that because that's sort of the impression we all get but it's very chilled we <laughs> games of fifa uh games of two touch in the garden all all good fun and good team bonding and um you have days like that and then you have days where you just sit and watch the football together and obviously we used to make sure that we um shared meals and like uh, one night I'd cook, one night he'd cook, and it's very. We, we try to do it obviously professionally and make sure that we do the best and best for ourselves and, and help one another to to be the best we can be. 
And how did you how did you find it? Obviously moving away from home and everything, kind of living, kind of sort of on your own. How did you find that initially kind of settling in a new club, living away from home with a new person? How did you kind of find that all? Was it a bit overwhelming? Uh, it was overwhelming in a way, but I felt as though I settled very quickly and I felt as though day one of pre-season with me doing so well in the running, which I knew I would, uh, helped me become more comfortable and just being in with the players every single day. And at the end of the day, I love an opportunity to, to show people what I can do. And I felt as though from day one, I showed that and then immediately people gain respect for you and understand what you are as a person and how you operate. And I felt as though I made my mark really early with that. And that's what made me comfortable. Um, and I was lucky enough to, to have a really, really supportive family at, um, at home. And they came to every single game. They'd travel up. Um, if I needed them, I could call them. I mean, I think I called them every single day because in there, I love them and um, they've they've done so much for me and they are the reason why I am where I am. Um, and although it was hard for them to see me have to move away, at the same time they knew that it was for the best for, for the best for me and um, were excited for me to to go and show what I could do and. Um, yeah, I knew I had my family's support and I knew that once I'd been in the building and showed what I am capable of and gained the respect of the coaching staff and the the other players, that I was in an environment where I could flourish and, and really make my mark and feel comfortable, even though I wasn't at home. And talking of settling in, if we throw it back to... Um your playing career now so you kind of become a regular at Warsaw now and when you started to play more more 90s the form of the team seemed to pick up I mean that could be coincidence but it probably wasn't because you're absolutely brilliant did you kind of what was it like that change in form obviously it was a bit of a slow start to the season and suddenly Warsaw are on this run where they just keep winning and winning and winning how was that kind of feeling for you and what changed within the team to allow that kind of succession of victories? Um, I think a key factor was that is when you when you get a whole new load of players in, it does take time to understand everyone and realise what people's strengths are. And I think even the coaching staff realised that there might have been a way of playing that they wanted to play, but was it best to fit the team? And I felt as though when the results started turning, I felt as though everyone was playing to their strengths. Everyone was gaining a better understanding of how the coaching staff wanted to play. Um, and yeah, I felt as though we were all learning together uh, the coaching staff were learning about us we were learning about them and that obviously takes time and once it clicked it was exciting um, 
I truly believed that we were onto something special. Um, at times, I felt as though no team in the league was better than us um, because I don't think we may like we may have lost a few games or or drawn a few games, but at no point did I feel as though anyone blew us away. I felt we were in every single game that that I played in, and we um, pushed teams, and it was a period of time where I felt. If we were take, if we were able to take our chances a bit more, we could have been even more clinical and been in an even better position by the time January come around. Um, but the whole excitement of it all working so well, the fact that I was playing, the fact that we were beginning to win games and starting to be a real force in the league, was something that you gain a real buzz for and just want to keep getting better and, and making everyone else get better. And Walsall had a really good kind of spell between kind of October and December, that kind of, it was like an 11-12 game run. There was one loss in the middle of it, uh, which obviously wasn't ideal, but for you that was probably quite a big moment because that game was your absolute belter against Mansfield. What was that like, score? scoring what can only be described as a rocket and was that was that your first like professional goal yeah so that was my first professional goal um it was a weird feeling to be honest going into the game i'd done a lot of um finishing work and i'd been down the local i I literally went home on the wednesday we had wednesday off so i went home traveled home see my family and while they were at work, I went down the local park and done a load of finishing. And then I done finishing on the day before the game at training. And I went into the game and I knew DJ wasn't playing. And I got on with DJ really well. And I had a feeling that arriving up to the ground, I thought, you know what, if I get a chance today, I'm going to score. And I thought... If DJ's not going to score, someone's got to do it. So when that ball come to me from Nosey, I was like, I'm going to hit this. I'm just going to hit it. And the way I hit it was perfect. And it was just the unreal feeling of knowing that I just scored my first professional goal. Um, and it was a brilliant way to do it, I felt. Um, and I think the only thing I would change about it was that if it was the other end in front of the Walsall fans and in front of my parents. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a surreal moment and something I'll never forget. And it's a goal that will live long in my memory. What celebration did you go with that day? I can't quite remember, but do you, did you have something in mind or did you just be going wild? Um to be honest, it's just my sort of standard. It's, it's nothing special. It's just my standard celebration where I've just got my arms out like that and um, wheel off to the side. And then I think Kim's just runs over and gives me a massive hug. And that's about it, really. It's nothing special. But, um, yeah, it's, obviously, I've got a nice, nice photo of it. Um, so that's something that... Uh, I know a lot of my family have printed off and, and, and put in photos and what have you. 
we're not going to hold it against you that you didn't whip out the DJ celebration just because he wasn't playing. We'll, we'll... <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, uh, DJ did mention to that, that to me on the uh, on the Monday, but um, yeah, I didn't think uh, I could I could go with it for my first professional goal. And then, lastly, what I'm going to touch on is there was an FA Cup game. And I believe it was against Wickham, I think. And you weren't allowed to play in that one because you were cup tied, essentially. How how did you find out about that? Was it kind of Michael Flynn pulling you for a chat and saying, look, Cambridge won't, won't let you play this game? How did that all kind of happen? And then what were your kind of thoughts on it? Did you think, right, that, that makes sense because they might want me back? Or was it a case of really annoying because you wanted to play that game? I mean, I had a feeling it would happen, to be honest, because it obviously it's it's Cambridge's right and it was it, it's there to work in their favour because if they did recall me and they were still in the FA Cup, then it means I can play for them. So um, it was completely understandable that why I see it was going to happen. Um, people probably read into it too much because um, that's just how it is. Um, but yeah, obviously I wanted to play, but I respected why I couldn't play, and uh, it was it was only a few days before before the the game actually, and I I went up to Gaffer and I went to him, wait, can I play the weekend? And he was like, no, nah, I. He said, I told you the other week and I completely forgot that he told me, he, he told me in training, I completely forgot. Must have been just in the zone for training and um, because now you can't play Cambridge, not allowing you. Um, and I remember I was like, oh, that means I've got like two weeks off. I'm gutted because it was a Saturday, Saturday week and I was like, just want to keep playing because I was doing so well and at the end of the day, I wanted to play football and I love football so uh, when I was told that I was like oh. but um, yeah the boys got through which was which was brilliant and um, yeah they, they've done really well and then obviously it's what the FA Cup's all about to, to go through and, and play a Premier League team which they managed to do and um, what an experience that was for the club and like you say all the fans and um, creates good days out and and it was, yeah, it's it's something that uh, the FA Cup's all about, and why it, why it's so good. Uh, was there a little part of you that um, had that kind of felt like you'd missed out a bit because Walsall had this good cup run, a great win against Stockport, and then they got that kind of like Hollywood tie against Leicester? Did you feel like you kind of like missed out a little bit on that one? A bit jealous of the lads you got to uh, play in that one? Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to to see um, that obviously I can't be a part of it and have that experience of, of playing against a Premier League team, but at the same time I was just so happy for the club and and all the players because they deserved it because the amount of effort they put in throughout this throughout the time I was there and um, to to get into that position. Um, it was yeah, it's something that I looked 
back on and yeah I, I was gutted I couldn't I remember watching it on the telly I, um we we actually played the day after and I was traveling up on the bus and I was watching it on my phone and uh I even watched the Stork, Stockport game on the telly as well and so I was following it um throughout knowing that uh, that could have been me but um, buzzing for the lads to to be playing in it. Given the way James Madison played that day, I think uh, he's probably glad you didn't feature because you'd have absolutely run rings around him. <laughs> um, we we spoke to Joss last week and he kind of touched on that November December spell where kind of everything was going well for the club. That that sort of like you said felt like on your day beat anybody he his comment was that during that spell it was the time that he really wanted to be playing again because of the atmosphere in the dressing room and in training what was that like was it sort of every day coming in going we are we are one of the best teams and that having that confidence and that that sort of morale boost after each win like I touched on earlier, I think we all felt as though we were the best team in the league um, and that every team we had played, we'd competed with them really well and it was just them fine little touches that um, could turn us into, from going a good team into a really good team. And I think it clicked for everyone. Everyone was in sort of autopilot of right this is what we're doing we're going to plan correctly for every game we're going to get better every single day in training we're going to push each other and make sure that we turn up on a on a game day and implement implement the 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 plan that the staff had put in because they they gave us everything we needed they worked tirelessly throughout to to allow us to be in a position where We'd go into the games knowing exactly what we needed to do. And even with the fact of everyone pulling in the same way with, with training and making sure that we felt as though we had the right balance between what we do in training and how we do the training to to planning how we travel to games and things like that. Uh, I felt as though we got everything right during that stage and there was a real buzz and a real togetherness in the team and it was such an enjoyable place to, to come into work every single day and knowing that everyone was going to push each other and, and enjoy themselves. Obviously it must have been, I don't want to say frustrating for you because obviously getting recalled and, and playing League One football it's it's another step up and it's you know the club that is your parent club and you knew that and you know that that's where your future lied more how did the recall come about almost i think it it came about for us on potentially new year's eve that almost as soon as the window opened the following day you were you were going back and we everyone was gutted and i think you you probably could tell from social media and the response from when you left the club that it was only a sort of six month spell with us but you were a firm fan favorite how how did that all come about and what was your your mood and feeling about leaving Warsaw but then also having 
the opportunity to play League One football. Yeah, so um, this will probably surprise you, to be honest, but I actually find found out probably like two days before the window opened as well. Um, and I think that was good, to be fair, because it just allowed me to fully focus on me being at Warsaw and uh, not having all that affect me. Um, and yeah, basically, I I was sat there and I got a phone call from from Mark, and he said um, he said you've done brilliant and you've done everything we've wanted you to do, and and overachieved in their ex- expectations as well. Obviously, they wanted me to go in and get as many games as possible, but they probably didn't expect me to play as many games as I did um and do so well and he he said to me he said we're in a position where we need players back we need players who are going to make a big impact on the team and we feel as though that you're in the best shape possible that you ever have been to to come into our team and have a real good positive impact and and help us get results um and he said we're recalling you and you're going to start away at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and he said, it's up to you to keep the shirt. Um, he said, we want you to to show exactly what you are and give the other players a boost by, by expressing yourself and playing with no fear like you do and, and enjoying the ball and showing the energy I do show. And yeah, it's at the time I was caught in two minds because part of me wanted to stay at Warsaw and see out the season and give it everything I I had to to help the club get promoted because I felt as though we had a squad there that we were definitely capable of doing doing that. If we if we could keep the players we had and and continue to to grow as a team, um, but the other part of me was, and to be honest, I said it to my dad the the day before I went to Warsaw, before I travelled up. I said to him, I want to go there. I want to give it everything I've got, and in an ideal world, I want to get recalled in January. And then go straight into Cambridge's team and and be able to say I've done a a season at, at half a season at League Two, done really well, and then come back to my parent club and and made my mark there, and and cemented myself as a as a first team player and a and a starter. So looking at it from that perspective, I done exactly what I wanted to do when I first set out. But like I say, the the feeling of I knew what we could have been capable of and we were in such a good position and I was loving every single second of of being there and and being in and around the environment of the players and the staff and the recognition and support I was getting from every single fan and everyone around the club was was so uh, overwhelming in a way that I didn't expect them to take to me as much as I did, um, and they were 
just the true credit to the club at, um, throughout every, every single person was and um, I didn't want it to end but I knew that what I was going into was a massive opportunity for me to to progress my career even further and, and make my season even better and it was something that I had to adapt to of obviously being in a chance of going for promotion to then right you're in a relegation battle you got to stay up um, and that's something that I had to get my head around quickly and at the end of the day like I say I just want to play football and I love playing football so it's something I was able to do do but at the same time I was looking out the corner of my eye thinking I could be at Walsall making a difference there and I was tracking every single result hoping that they they could go on and finish the task but um yeah it's something that I look back on and I can't I can't say now that I wouldn't do it again because it's worked out so perfectly for me to go back play all the games when I did go back and 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 stay up on the final day but as part of me that at the time would have wanted to see out the season and and give the fans the true respect that I wanted to give them. Well, we're still looking for a right wing back, so you know if you do fancy coming back uh, this season, we, we, we'll 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 make it work. <laughs> it it obviously went very well for you going back to Cambridge. Obviously, the initial was quite tough. Uh, I imagine going from, like you said, a team that you felt we are we're the best in the league on our day to relegation battle. Staying up final day of the season, winning young player of the year, it must have been almost, like you said, if your aim when you went out on loan to Walsall was half season League Two, half season League One, couldn't really ask for much more returning to Cambridge. Obviously, you'd rather be at the other end of the table, but given the circumstances that you went back in, must have been a, a hell of a roller coaster. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, it was, if you could pick the dream scenario of of what my season could look like based on the events that I was going into, it would be that, to to have such a successful period at Walsall, to prove myself as a football league player, to then go back, realise Cambridge are in a relegation battle and play every single game in helping them to to stay up and do it as much as we wanted to make sure we were safe a lot earlier and make sure it was in our hands a lot earlier. To do it on the final day was a surreal feeling and I remember going into that game thinking I've had such a great season, surely it can't end in relegation. And there was just something on that day that I was like, we've got to stay up. We, we have to stay up. And thankfully we did. Before I pass back over to Harley, um, how obviously the form that you'd, you'd had at Walsall was, you know, you in, in that first six months, you were a contender for player of the season because you were just so consistent in that role. How did that help you going from from that form, your own personal form, but also playing in the same role because there is a difference between playing in the back four than 
playing as a wing back. But I believe when you went back to Cambridge, you were you basically played the same role as you did at Walsall. Was that consistency important for you? Yeah, without doubt. Um, it's something that allowed me to become even more of a better player. Because, um, so if you had said to me going to Walsall, I would say I was a better right back than a right wing back. That's purely because I felt as though I'm good at receiving the ball deep, I'm good at stepping in and uh, having the game in front of me and, and taking taking the space and, and linking with players. Um, and obviously that allows me a bit more time and to, to link with people and and it naturally gives you a bit more understanding of where to be defensively. Whereas coming into Warsaw, I knew that I could be a really good wing back, but I hadn't had the the coaching I needed to be able to be so influential. And I remember doing so many drills with with obviously Flinny and that to make sure that we had a real good understanding of how he wanted me to play and I generally learned so much and it's something that now I'm so much better for and like you say when I came back to Cambridge and we had the formation change because they had been playing for it at the back and then the moment I come back we, we went into a 3-5-2 um, and I felt as though I had suddenly become a senior member of the squad because I had the better understanding of other players and I knew where I needed to play my passes and where I needed to be out of position and how to receive it. Little things like that, that I could then give details to other players to, to help them. Um, and like you say, it just naturally allowed me to come in and make the mark I did because although it was a different team I was doing the same job that I was doing at Walsall um, and that's probably what allowed me to to go and make the mark I did and probably resulted in me getting like you say young player of the season and being so influential in 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 staying up. Uh, the next bit I want to touch on is uh, is Michael Flynn. <clears throat> so I just wanted to know, what was he like firstly as a manager, but also as a person? Obviously, you speak about him, you know, coming and having little chats with you and stuff. He obviously seemed like he kind of, he, he cared for you. What was that kind of, what was he like kind of when he wasn't on the touchline as well as when he was on the touchline? Um, I think firstly, him and Wayne Hatswell worked tirelessly and obviously you can include Matt Sadler in that. They they gave it everything and like I say, before every single game, we knew exactly what we needed to, to be able to go out there and, and get a result. Um, and you could tell how much they were committed to, to the club and how much they cared about being successful. Um, they're both very knowledgeable of the game. 
both have a real key understanding of what can get your results and how little things can gain your advantages like even little things like set pieces how you can target an opposition from set pieces because at the end of the day set pieces are massive in a game and they worked so so hard on finding weaknesses in other people's setups to 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 gain an advantage and then you you see the other side to them where you can sit down with them and and have a chat with them and talk all things and like I think a big thing like you can take from Flinney is his family were always there and that's what he's like he cares for you as a person um, and make sure you're always comfortable every every day he's asking you how you are and that was probably so good for me because obviously coming having to move away and not being around my family all the time him asking me little things of am I okay is this okay and praising me for all the performances I did like I remember I'd play a game and he'd say oh you did this really well you did that really well on on Saturday and he always get made you feel as though he cared so much about you, which was which was massive and like I say was was so key in making me feel comfortable every single day I was in his environment. And then obviously this bit is kind of not as not as nice a topic, but obviously you said you were, you were following the club after you had your loan spell here. What was your reaction to um, Michael Flynn losing his job? Um, I was absolutely gutted, to be honest. Um, obviously, I owe so much to Flynn. He's he's given me the opportunity. He believed in me. He gave me everything I needed to be successful. And like I said just then, he, he made me feel comfortable every single day and, and really really cared for me and when I see that he lost his job it it was so hard to see because like I say what the effort he puts in every single day to be the best version of himself as a manager and the stories he'd tell us about um what one big question he would say to you for a game is what are you doing this for? Why are you a professional footballer? Because he made you understand that what what is your purpose? He made you understand that like a lot of us would be doing it from our, our family and and wanting to be the best person of ourselves. And that was a key thing with him. And that's something that you could clearly see in him. And um, yeah, to to see him not be able to to achieve what he really wanted to achieve was was hard um but i know that he will learn so much from it and i know that obviously now he's at swindon i think he'll he'll learn so much from it and and be in a posi better position now and hopefully um he'll go on to achieve what he wants to achieve but it's just sad it wasn't at also what are your thoughts on Matt Sadler taking over as manager? Obviously, you worked with him. He was he was a coach at the time while you were there. But how how do you feel about that? He's 
I, I was delighted when he got the job. He's he's top class, and he is somebody that was really pivotal in in helping me get better each week. Um, me and him spent a lot of time after training doing extras. I'm, I've always been someone who likes to do do more than everyone else and um, make the most of every opportunity I get on the pitch. And Matt was literally the same as me in terms of getting better every single day. And I remember me and him would spend so much time out um, working together and, and doing little individual things. It could be something simple as first touch. Where am I taking my first touch? How am I driving inside? Is it on my left foot rather than my right foot to stop the opposition from nicking it off me? And then just crossing. Um, obviously, there was a period of time where we weren't scoring many goals and we've, we've done a lot of work on crossing and um, focusing on, on what techniques would be, would be vital to allowing us to have the best possibility of scoring. And um, I could sit down and have chat, chats with him. I mean, one of my worries that when obviously I didn't play the FA Cup game was, it, will I get back in the team? Obviously, I, I'd done really well, but I still had that sort of worry and I could sit down with him and say to him, I have that conversation with him and he'd make me uh, reassured that I'm in a really good place and um, yeah I think the biggest thing with Matt is he he understands players really well because he's um, been there done it and he's a big big influence on on being the best version of yourself and I really do hope that he goes and, and be really successful for the club but for himself as well, because he's a top, top guy. Did you keep up with the um, retained release list for Warsaw? There's a few kind of big names, a couple of surprises there that were released from the club. You kind of, did you, have you looked at that and do you have any kind of thoughts on some of the kind of, so like Kins and kind of Wilkinson being let, let go? Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen a few. Um, and... That's just what it is at football, isn't it? Um, you sometimes players don't fit what the manager wants. Sometimes people need a new challenge. I feel as though you can sometimes become comfortable in a place, and you need to then go be put back outside your your comfort zone to reinvent yourself like what I did sort of when I got released at Colchester and then went to Sudbury, like I had to go and reinvent myself and find out what I really was again. So um, obviously the players that have been released and like I said earlier, the squad we had, I felt as though it was one of the best in the league, but for, for, for reasons or whatever, you players need to push themselves. Sometimes managers have to make decisions on on what's best for the football club. And like I say, the the players that would have got released will, will find themselves somewhere else. And 
that was such a good squad there that I believe that they'll reinvent themselves and, and go on and, and start um, finding themselves and, and performing really well again. Yeah, and just kind of touching that to kind of end with, um, obviously the, the core of the squad is mostly still the same. Are you gonna are you tipping kind of Warsaw under Matt Sadler and the players you've worked with? Do you, do you think big things next season? You know, do you think they could be up there? You know, obviously you you've worked with them a lot, so you know them better than anyone. Yeah, without doubt. I mean, like I said, it's such a, in my time there, it's such a great group of lads, and that when when we had the games that we were winning, we were really together and pulling in the same way and. I think Matt will get his point across and get in players that he feels as though will want to get better each game and want to be the best versions of themselves and, and give everything they've got. And you've got some real good core players there that will help in progressing the new players that come in. And at the end of the day, you you've got to have a squad that all pulls in the same direction and wants to work hard for each other and I feel as though Matt will definitely do that and I feel as though the players that were already there will implement that on the players that come in so obviously you can look at the league and say there's some real big hitters in it next year like you've obviously got the Wrexham thing and and Notts County and um all the all the big clubs in that league, but that doesn't mean anything. If you can get a good squad together and if you can work hard and everyone pulls in the same direction, you can be a real force. And I think that was something that Cambridge showed in in the season they went up. They were obviously tipped to to be down the near the relegation zone, but they got a good good squad of players who wanted to progress and prove themselves and gained a real together togetherness that allowed them to go on and overachieve and, and get promoted in that year. And I feel as though that's something that also can sort of look towards, in particular with obviously Matt Sadler and Mark Bonner. They're both managers that hadn't, it's their first job and both young managers who have a real desire to want to get better and improve and I feel as though I can see Walsall doing a very similar journey to what Cambridge have achieved. Let's let's hope so. Uh, well, we all, we all want a good season. Now I'm going to get on to some of our listener questions. Um, the, there was a lot of excitement about you coming on with us so they have been out in force asking a few. However, I'm actually going to jump in with a couple before we do get on to listener questions. This is sort of linking back to what you were saying about almost you when you started your career and trying to be the best version of you that you could be. One thing that I think made you so well liked at Walsall was the, the sort of the energy that you put in each week and the fact that it didn't matter if you were playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, you would just not stop running. Is is that fitness, was that something that you always had as a kid? Is it something that you have to really work on to, to be able to do? And is, 
is that kind of part of your game something that you are really conscious about that you know that you can outrun sort of your your opposite number yeah i mean at the end of the day i feel as though i can outperform anyone and that's just the confidence i have in myself and i've been i mean i've committed so much and i've been four times since the age of 12 because i went to the the Colchester United football scheme where I'd train at lunchtime and after school so naturally because I've been full time since the age of 12 I've generally been constant with my training and that's obviously allowed me to to become really fit and allow me to to reach the energy levels I can do but I think a big part of what makes me me is because I'm so, um, so determined to do well uh football's my life and it always has been because like I say I've committed so much to it and it's all I want to do and I make sure I do the do things right every single day to be the best version of myself um and just because I love it so much I feel as though that um comes out of me uh in the way I play and it, it so little things like if I'm playing against someone if they beat me I take that to heart I don't want no one to beat me I want to prove that I'm better than them so if they beat me then next time I'm getting the ball I'm going to beat them or next time they're running against me I'm going to tackle them and I'm going to learn from the time they beat me because effectively it's like I'm at war every single every single game I play um and I take pride in, in being the best person I can be. That's both on and off the pitch. And um, yeah, I just feel that, like you say, my energy levels are, are really good. And obviously I've worked so hard on them, but I think it's just within me as a person that I'm fearless and I give everything to the cause to be the best person and best player I can be. And then just off the back of that, Obviously, you you very quickly became a, a fan favourite, and like we've touched on earlier, everyone could kind of see that the recall was going to happen because you were just a cut above. How 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 much more do you kind of does it give you a little bit of a boost than that in those lulls in the match where maybe you haven't had to touch the ball for a bit when you know that the fans are there so supportive behind you. Like what what effect does that have on you as an individual? Yeah, it's it's a it's a mad feeling to be honest. It's something that one minute you can do a sprint and be absolutely blowing, and then suddenly you get the ball and the crowd roar at you, and then you suddenly it's like you got a jetpack on to be honest. Like um, it's it's crazy how fans can can make you better and give you that extra boost when you need it and I felt as though I had that every single time I played every time I got the ball I felt as though the fans were excited to see me on the ball and um, I felt fully fully supported in everything I'd done and I just wanted to be able to show them like I say every every opportunity I get I want to be able to show them exactly what I am and what I stand for and 
how well I can be as a player. And I generally felt as though I was supported every single second I was on that pitch. Um, and even after games, like you come out and you end up talking to fans and you, you gain relationships with fans. And it's so nice having them come up to you and and your family and them telling you just how how well you've played and that you're a credit to the club in some way. And um, that's all I wanted to do. It's 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 a, it gives you that added buzz that whenever I'm stepping on that pitch, although I'm doing it for myself and I'm doing it for my family, I'm also doing it for every single one in that stadium because we all know as people within football and as fans, if we have a positive result or you see something in a game that you you really like, then it can make your whole week really. And like I say, when you were winning all them when we were winning all them games, what we felt in the changing room and what we felt every day in training, the rest of the community must have felt and all the fans must have felt. So it's something that's so so vital in football and us players appreciate it so much. Well, um, I'll start with the Twitter questions then. Um, the first one is from Jord and he says, as a right back slash right wing back, who would you say you try and base your game off and how you play? No, I get asked this a lot, to be honest, and I never have one answer because one, I feel like I'm unique in, in a way because obviously my height and the way I play and I, I like to be unique as a person um, and as a player. So I like to take things from a lot of players' games. I think crossing something I've took from from players is like Trent and um, David Beckham. David Beckham is someone that I've, I've watched a lot, particularly with crosses. Then you have like players that um, are aggressive in the way they defend. And yeah, I just feel rather than watch one player, um, base, my net, say, base my game off one player, I like to take little bits from each and every one's game and try and mix that all up and make that into me and think how can I make that even better and use that to my advantage because at the end of the day we're all different and we all have different strengths so the way I might play might not be the same as what somebody else can play but I can take a little bit from them and take a little bit from them and and try implement that into my game to allow me to have the best um possible advantage to myself so yeah I wouldn't say I base it off one person but like, I've obviously looked at players traits and, and tried to implement that into my game. Um, we've had unsurprisingly a lot of comments about can you come back um, so question from Jay Rayner uh, would you return to Walsall if the opportunity ever came about? It's a club that I look back on with so much fond memories and it's some 
it's it's a club that I owe so much to for for giving me my my chance, and it's something that will always be in my heart because at the end of the day, it's gave me an opportunity to get to where I am. Um, I love everything about my time there. The everyone at the club, the fans, the players, for a true credit and. Um, even my family felt that as well. Um, they were obviously cautious me going up there, and then when they came up there to every single game, they said, "What lovely people and what a true credit they are to their football club." And yeah, at, at the end of the day, if, if an opportunity came up at some point and it was the right fit for me, then um, yeah, why wouldn't I? Because I've had such positive. Um, time there and I feel a real connection to the club now and it's somebody that I'm always looking for their result from now on and um, yeah it's it's just a, a club that will live fond in my memory and, and will be a key part of from now on and yeah that's it if, if something came up at some point then yeah I'd definitely consider it because I know what Warsaw Football Club stands for now Uh, so, a question from Kimbo. Has your spell at Warsaw helped increase your chances of playing uh, higher, maybe getting a move to the Championship at some point down the line? Do you think that your time here has helped you in that regard? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think so. Because um, at the end of the day, it's made me a better player. It's made me establish myself and give me a good stepping stone to be able to um, be where I am now and now it's up to me to keep making the most of every opportunity I get and um, I'm excited by that challenge and hopefully I can make the most of it so yeah well, I could be sitting here um, in a position where I, I was where I was a year a year ago where I'm unproven and uh, played a few games here and there and now suddenly I've got 50 odd games under my belt in the football league and I made a real impact for myself and made a name for myself so I'm on the right pathway and it's now up to me to keep making sure I, I set my standards high each day and 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 keep climbing that ladder and um, even the experiences I've had will, will hold me in good stead to to hopefully one day keep progressing and, and, and keep climbing the leagues. Uh, I just wanted to quickly follow up with a question just from myself, really. You're obviously a really determined individual. To what level do you think you can reach as a player? I mean, I think absolutely you can, you're going to get to the championship for sure because you're already one of League One's best right back, right wing backs. But how high do you think you can go? Do you reckon you could get to the Premier League one day? Uh, I believe, yeah, I, to, to be fair, I do. I believe that I'm capable of anything as long as I apply myself right. And at the end of the day, anything's possible, but it's up to you to make the most of it. So I'm just in a, in a place where I'm happy, I'm playing football and I'm making... Um, the most of every single day and I'm pleased with the person I am at the moment um, 
and I want to keep getting better and wherever that takes me, it will take me. Um, it's something that I've always said that I've said to myself ever since I was a kid, I just want to be a professional footballer. I've got there, it's now up to me to maintain that and it's now up to me to see how far I can really push it and what see how far them I can push them boundaries to 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 get to the highest level I can and wherever that may be we'll, we'll see but um I'm excited and I'm happy with where I am and that that's the main thing question from Mr Walsall how did it feel for you to help Cambridge escape relegation and would it be the most memorable moment of your career if not what is the most memorable moment of your career? To date, that's definitely the most memorable moment of my career. The whole season as a whole is the most memorable moment of my career because the way everything worked out so well for me, like I couldn't have written any better, any better. Um, and yeah, it's. It was an, a, a real surreal feeling. Um, I remember, like I said, I woke up that morning and I felt as though we were going to do it. And I felt as though my season couldn't end in relegation because it had worked, everything had worked out so well. It, I didn't want that to sort of dampen how my season was. And... Um, I remember we finished the game and we all stood there looking around this phone hoping that results go our way and the moment that they that it's come up full time at, at the MK Dons game the place just erupted and like the goosebumps you feel and I'm actually getting them now because you can you can literally that feeling of you've done it and how much it means to the club and what it means for you as a player and yeah it's suddenly you you're getting mobbed by everyone and then you're getting picked up on people's shoulders and everyone's just so joyous you're hugging strangers um but it's it's something that will, I will never forget and will live so long in my memory and in my family's memories that I had my mum dad there my granddad there my uncle there and for them to all see that and I remember coming off the pitch at the end and I went over to my mum and gave her a massive hug and my dad and because they had run on the pitch as well and um yeah like moments like that you, you don't ever forget and it, it will probably probably be a memorable moment that something big's gonna have to overcome it really Uh, so I've got a question from Ryan. How did your time at Warsaw affect your overall game? And what was the biggest thing you learned during your spell here? So I think obviously I touched on it earlier with the understanding of being able to play the wing back role really well. Um, we did so many passing practices of patterns of play and areas to exploit and um, little details of where and where to be 
positionally um, to gain an advantage. So I think that was obviously a key key thing that will hold me in good stead going forward and has done and was probably a big thing I learned on the pitch. And then I think obviously away from the pitch, the obviously moving away, um, growing up and discovering who you, you really are away from the pitch at the same time and realising what you have to do to to commit to to being what you wanna wanna be. Um, so they're probably two massive things that I learned from the whole experience. Cool. Uh, next, uh, question from Walsall on the road. Most players need confidence and a belief in their ability. Was the loan move to Walsall the catalyst for you to get more confidence and enjoy playing football? I mean, I've always um, had the confidence and I've always known that if I get the chance, I'd be able to, to show it. But Walsall definitely gave me the opportunity to go and flourish and push myself to new limits and like I say, make a name for myself and um, yeah, like obviously touching on on uh, was it the catalyst? Obviously it was a big catalyst as to why I went back to Cambridge and, and done really well and um, it's something that I feel will um, be a big learning curve later on in my career too because I'm going to have moments where I'm not playing again and then I'm going to have to experience times where I relive that sort of Walsall thing again where I have to go into a new environment and make my mark so um, yeah it was definitely a massive part in after having the Covid year after having stints at Hemel and Peterborough Sports to go and push myself at a League Two level and be able to show how confident I can be in the in the way I play um, and prove to myself again that I know that I'm capable of doing it um, was massive. Now before we before we wrap up, I just want to kind of touch on a few of of like your teammates from Walsall. Who were kind of your your core group of friends and were there any players that kind of some of the older, more experienced players that maybe took you kind of under your wing? Um, one in particular that I don't know whether this is just me making an assumption, but obviously Joe Riley had when you kind of left and he, he got back to fitness, started playing a mixture of a right wing back in a, a central midfield role. While he was on the sidelines, was he sort of giving you pointers, trying to help you develop your game and yeah, just generally about your the teammates. Joe Riley was um I've got nothing but good words to say about him. He um he was my number one fan in a way. He he would always and it was mad really because obviously he was injured and he'd be more buzzing than me about the way I played. So after games, he'd be he'd be telling me how well I played and making sure I knew and understood that, and he'd be like my motivator every single time I'd step out on that pitch. And um, 
yeah, like there's there's even times we'd we'd be at the training ground and he'd go he'd go to me as we walk past each other in the corridor. He'd go to me, "Who's the best player in the world?" And I'll be like, uh, "Messi," and he'll go, "No, you." <laughs> it's brilliant like that. And um, uh, when he come back from injury and to see him playing and after the frustrating time he'd had, I was gutted I didn't get to play with him. Obviously, I played with him in the friendly game at Aston Villa and then never played with him again. And I messaged him and I said to him, like, I'm so gutted that I didn't get to share the pitch with him more times and and be able to to play with him. But he was definitely a key key factor in, in helping me be as confident as I was and helping me through it and like I say gave me little pointers here and there with with little things and just uh, another couple that I'd like to kind of get your your view on obviously Donovan Daniels I'd say most weeks you could well I think every week you could see the, the leader quality in him um how how was he at your time at the club was he sort of a, a key figure obviously formed part of quite a solid defence while you were there what's what's he like in the dressing room and is there a difference between Donovan on and off the pitch? Donovan is a, a real good character to have around the dressing room um, he's got two sides to him he's got his fun and, and joyous side and then he's got his side where hang on a minute this is this means business and I remember he would always be the one in a game that he'd turn around to you and if you weren't doing something right or if you weren't in the right position he'd tell you and you'd make sure he'd make sure you knew about it but it was because he wanted the best for you and I remember there'd be games where you'd think he'd be moaning at you all the time but he's just demanding more from you because he knows there's more in you and he knows what you're capable as a player and that's something that um is is sort of people don't realize how important it is in football the that you can have players in your team that are constantly demanding more from you like you can be having the best game but he's still demanding more for you from you because he wants you to get better and um you'd be able to sit down and have real good chats with him and uh it could be about anything. It, it doesn't always have to be about things on the pitch. It could be about what's going on and like when you when you're not winning games, he'd he'd make sure he'd bring you all together and and make sure that you're all pulling in the same way again and helping one another. And you obviously said about who I got on, who was that sort of my group of friends. And to be fair, I got on better with the more experienced ones so it was sort of like me Danny Johnson Andy Williams uh Peter Clark when he was there um I was sort of part of their group to be honest and um I just love learning from him like it's like you Peter Clark at his age like the things you could learn from him as a person and he was always in the gym he took care of everything and like the the in-depth he went to to make sure that 
he was a prime example of what other people should follow. I I, I couldn't have asked for a better role model. And um, I think that was a massive thing that I learned is to make sure you look after your body because I've always been someone who wants to do loads and be, be the one that does everything. And sometimes you have to realise that when you are playing loads of games, you have to prioritise your rest and make sure you do certain things in the gym that allow you your body to be in the best place possible to to um uh perform on the saturday and then like you have i remember danny johnson after i, I still speak to dj now i've got such a good relationship with dj and i always speak to him i think and we we used to have that funny side to us and um i remember he said to me when i wasn't playing and i'd been obviously I'd, in training and pre-season I'd done really really well and run, won all the running and, and been performing well and I felt as though I was in a really good position and then I wasn't starting he said to me stick with it keep doing what you're doing and you will be in the team and the moment I got in the team and done really well he said to he turned around to me and said you're a true credit to yourself and um just keep doing what you're doing and you've you've conducted yourself in the right way and it's um, now down to you to, to make the most of it and just little things like that that you can have with, with them and obviously the other one Andy Williams me and him used to stay out and do finishing I was always his crossing partner God knows what he'd done when I left because me and him used to stay out all the time and he'd be like Benno, can you put some uh, crosses in for me? I need to do some finishing. And um, yeah, he he was another another person that I could just uh, be like a sponge with and take everything that he'd learned throughout his career and bring that into me, and that will be massive in in me moving forward. And then before we let you go, because I've realised we have we've taken up a lot of your your morning. <laughs> There is there, the just two final players I'd like to kind of get your opinions on. Obviously, you said about Jack Earing and living with him and spending time with him. Obviously, he's coming back from injury. Um, how how has he been throughout that that process? And were you were you happy to see that the club had had offered him a uh, like a, a deal to almost try and help him through that? And then another centre mid, obviously. Coming into the club, you must have known about Kinsella, the years that he'd been there. What what was he like in the in the dressing room, and almost what was your reaction to seeing him him released from the club? Yeah, so obviously Jack. Um, when when I found out the news he'd done it, I was absolutely glad for him because obviously he had the little injury while I was there, and um, he's such a down-to-earth guy and he just wants to do the best for himself as well and it's been hard for him because obviously the injuries have, have prevented that and um, I spoke to him when when he'd done it and he seems as though he obviously is naturally going to be upset and it seems a long way away that you're going to be able to do what you love again. Um, but I know the person he is and I know that he'll um, do everything he can to 
to speed his recovery up and make sure that he's in a good good position come the time that he's ready to return. Um, he's somebody that won't let it phase him. He'll he, he would have been upset, which is natural, but he'll see now see it as a challenge and want to, like I say, make the most of 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 um, coming back in into best shape possible. Um, and then Kins, I feel was a true credit to the club. Like he epitomised what the club's all about: hard work. Um, everyone uh, pulling in the same direction. And although he wasn't always a, a loud character in the dressing room, he led by example. You always knew that Kins was going to be ratting about in training. You always knew that whenever he was on the pitch, he was going to give you everything. Right? Um, you'd turn around to him and he'd, he'd, he'd just be there. Um, you make a mistake, he'd be there. And um, whenever you did something well, he'd, he'd, he'd be positive in, in what he said and, and make sure that you knew that next time you get the ball that you're going to make the most of, of the opportunity you get. And when I see that, obviously, he's he's not been offered a new deal, it's, it's a shame for him. But at the same time, I feel as though he might be in that boat where he needs that new challenge for himself, where he can now go away and rediscover himself and, and push himself to new levels. And um, with the character I know he is, I feel as though he will um, take that challenge on and and hopefully make the most of it. Right. Well, I think we've pretty much asked you everything that we possibly could uh, about your entire career. So from myself and Harley, I'd just like to say thank you very much for, for coming on. No worries. And just as a, as a closing thing, have you got a final, final word for all the Warsaw fans that are listening? Um, I just want to say thank you for everything you gave me. Um, thank you for believing in me and giving me the opportunity I needed to get to where I am now and um, yeah Warsaw will forever be a place that I will look back fondly and um, have in my heart and like I say I'll be making sure I keep track of their progress and hopefully that um, the club keeps pushing in the right direction and has many successful years ahead of it Great. Holly, have you got anything else to... I think we've taken up enough of Liam's time. He's been an absolute gent. <laughs> it's been a brilliant podcast, so I think I think we should let him go. But I'd just like to say thank you. Um, you've been excellent, and we wish you all the best for next season. Thankfully, you're not playing us, so you won't rip us apart. <laughs> but no, seriously, um, all the best for the future. You've got a, You've got a big future ahead of you, and we look forward to seeing what you do next. No, I appreciate it, and I say all the best to you guys. Keep doing what you're doing, and um, I've enjoyed it.